Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, a different woman shares her story, often in a live setting, with the bottom line being that God is good. Today, you'll hear from Rachel, whose marriage hit rock bottom due to her husband's addiction. This is a story of God's miraculous grace to turn mess into healing and ministry. One of the unexpected ways that Storytellers has made an impact is just hearing how God has connected women with similar experiences, women who share the same stories, and they have found so much comfort and relief and support and encouragement from finding others who have walked the same path and fought the same battles and felt the same things. And so that has been really neat to see how God has done the same thing with Rachel and her husband, that they have had countless opportunities to meet with couples who are battling addiction and helping them walk through that healing process. As we've mentioned before, each week at our local storytellers gathering, we pass out a custom designed card with a quote or a scripture shared by the speaker just to serve as a reminder of the story or one of the important points or truths that they share. And so please visit our website at storytellerslive.org and you can download your free PDF scripture card under our show notes. And now on to Rachel's story. Here she is. All right, so I'm so excited to be here. Um, Robin called me on the 20th day of prayer for 21 days of prayer. This is something that I've been praying about. I know God's been preparing me for. I left the classroom about 10 years ago, and I just would talk to kindergartners all day long. So now with my job, I'm used to speaking to hundreds of people, typically about math and science. So this is a little (laughs) different than my regular kind of gig. But um, it was funny, Robin and I were talking... We met um, an Alabama adventure, like, floating down the lazy river. And, and I was like, hey, I'm Rachel. Hey, I'm Robin. And I'm going to I mean, it was just like immediate. Like, we're floating in our one pieces with Band-Aids and just disgusting sea of foam. And we're just, like, floating down the river. And she was like, I really just have this dream that God's just going to, you know, stir up women. And, and about st- I want to do something called Storytellers, where women come together and we just get real. And I was like, oh, I have a story. I have a great story. Um, and she was like, awesome. And I kind of t- we kind of talked about it. And then it was like... You know, two years later, literally on the 20th day, I just was asking God, God, we just went through the fire. We just went through so much as a family. Can you just give me a place to tell my story? And so day 20, she was like, hey, I've got, I'd love for you to speak at Storytellers. And so that was a couple weeks ago. And so just the flooding of what God has done in me and my family and, um, He's really brought back a lot of things that I just kind of forgot about. And he's just been so faithful and sweet just to bring back some of the the hard times, but then just to see just how he has moved in our family completely. Um, 
Brian and I were married about three or four months, and he came into the house and just kind of sat down and um, just said, you know, honey, I, I think I have a problem with painkillers. And I was like, what? What are you talking about, Willis? Really? Like, I just had no idea. I was just so confused. I had no experience with addiction. Um, you know, my family has their crazy. That's just not one of them. Um, so I just was kind of like, well, okay, well, you know, you just need to fix that. You know, my dad's a football coach. And I just, you know, grew up in a family of if you are sick, you just move on. And that's kind of the attitude that I had with him. I was like, you just need to stop and you just need to fix that. Well, we kind of band-aided for a couple years and, you know, he tried to stop and he did for a little bit. And, you know, it was just there was such a darker place that I had no idea we were faced with. Um, it was just the ugliest bear that I could have ever imagined. And so we kind of band-aided, and um, he got to about two years. And, you know, walking with that around town, just hoping and praying to God that nobody would know, that nobody would, under nobody would understand. It's just so horrible. I mean, I just was like, I can't, I just have to hold this in. And so I didn't even tell his parents. I couldn't tell my parents. It was just something that I walked around with, holding on to my shoulders, just trying to bear that by myself. And it got to the point where it just was just too much. And he had said, you know, I need to go to treatment. And I said, okay. And so, um, you know, he went and I did everything I could as a wife. You know, I was so sad because I just couldn't believe this was, this was what we were faced with. So I was brokenhearted and sad for him. Um, we had Bo, Morgan and Bo, Bo was 18 months old. And, um, you know, just walking through that was just, just really hard. And so, um, you know, I did everything as a wife. I went to meetings. I went to Al-Anon. I, I researched. And I just didn't have anybody to really talk to about this. And I remember just laying there thinking, God, I know there's going to be good coming from this. So when we get through this, not if, when we get through this, can you just give me a place to tell my story and encourage women? Um, so Brian, you know, came home after a couple weeks. And again, we were so green with addiction. I had no idea what we were faced with. And it was like, okay, are you ready? You ready to move on? You ready to be a family? Okay, let's go. And so he really kind of didn't go through the appropriate steps that he needed to go through. It was kind of like he just, he knew he had a problem. He stopped, um, went to a couple meetings. And I was like, isn't there a place where you make an amend to somebody? Like, when are you going to say you're sorry? You know, and um, that kind of never happened. And so I just kind of trusted him to kind of let this be his thing. And he was very involved um, at Church of the Highlands in the recovery program. He was actually, you know, over all the recovery small groups. And, you know, he really was diving into it and things were good. So, you know, I just, it was like, okay. Um, then he got a job working at Greenway Medical and um, he was traveling and he had a back surgery. And so that tumultuous tornado started just circling, you know, just started just gradually. And by about 2013, it was, he was so sick that he could not even take care of himself. I mean, he was so, 
I just saw the person that I married that I just adored, and he was just lifeless. He had so much guilt. Those of you that know Brian, he's the most precious, sweetest soul. He's the third of three boys, and, you know, he's just, there's not a mean bone in his body. He was never mean. He was just in such a terrible place, he just couldn't get out. There were Christmases, and just, you know, with addiction comes financial despair. And when I say financial despair, it it was as dark as it could be. I mean, there were days where I just did not even know, but God did. God knew. God knew what we needed. And so what I had to do through all of that is just focus on his truth. What did he say? He's going to meet all of my needs, not some, all of them. And now, you know, there were times where people would just, God's just precious people would just step in. There were things that were showing up, things that were being paid that I just had. I still don't know to this day, God just sent people just to take care of our family. Um, so he went to treatment a second time. And the sad, the first time I was sad because I just was sad. The second time I was furious. I was so mad and I was devastated because I did not think we would be back here. I just could not believe that everything that we, we faced the first time and it was actually worse the second time. It was such a sucker punch. Um, so when he went away the second time, um, the kids were a little, I had, I had my youngest Lexi. And so I had three kids and, you know, it was, I just look back and think, I can't even believe that I was breathing and out of bed, but God did. He knew what we were going to face. He knew. And he just, I had just overwhelming strength and he's all I had. I just was on my face just not knowing what was next, what was going to happen, the fear that gripped me. I remember being up at Kaba Heights, and we just we just put our big girl pants on, and we put our sunglasses on, and we go to the baseball fields, and we pretend everything's great. And I did the same thing. I had those big glasses on, crocodile tears pouring down my face, seeing all these dads with their sons. And I was like, is Brian going to be back? Is he going to be able to come back from this? And I just remember thinking... I know you are in this, and I know you were carrying. He carried us through. And so um, just putting on that mask, I was just so burdened and just exhausted. I just was so exhausted trying to hold all that in. Again, God would say, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. And I knew that. And I knew what his word says is true. He's going to turn the good into bad. He's going to meet all of our needs. We just have to trust him. So even going through that, just knowing all of that, I just had to focus on what God said is true. And it was true. And so he went um, to treatment again. And the second time he was thinking he was coming home. And I was like, you ain't coming home again. So he, I said, I want you to go focus on yourself for a long time. You've been selfish for several years. I'm going to give you another year of being selfish. Don't work. I will handle stuff. I will run the house. We got it. You know, I did, I wanted him to just, I knew it was a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. You go get better. You spend the time that you need. And so he left on September 7th and didn't come home until 1st of December. Um, and he was going to meetings a day, meetings a day, and so many meetings a day. And he was just literally living recovery nonstop. And I knew that that's what he needed to do. Um, so, you know, what, through all of that, you know, 
I'm completely different. Brian is completely different. I mean, God is so good. I remember looking at my high school Bible study teacher and say, I'll become a Christian when I leave college. I got plenty. I got too much fun to have. And God just loved me regardless of how I saw him. I wanted to put him on a shelf. I wanted to have some fun. And then I wanted to just kind of do my thing. Um, So he came home after being in a halfway house, recovery, sober living facility. He was there for several months. And um, he needed that time to heal. I needed that time to heal. Um, He had traveled. And so the kids being away from him, really, they were so young that they really didn't have the time sense of frame that, you know, daddy's gone. But they know that... um, Daddy went to meetings to be a better dad and a better husband. That's just kind of what they could endure at that time because he is gone, and he is gone a lot still. Um, So saying all that, I wanted to kind of give you a background, but just just what God did in in us and our family and him. I mean, I see Brian now putting recovery at the forefront of his life. Because if he doesn't, the result of that is devastation. It is not worth. So when he is away and he's not at the baseball field and he's with people in recovery and he's walking through it and he's sitting there and he's taking people to treatment, I support that 100% because I know if he's not doing that, then our family won't make it. Um, it, it, it is, sometimes it is, a, it is hard. I mean, if I can be transparent, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want you to go to meeting. I want you to be home. And so he gently reminds me of the purpose and why he goes and what that does for him. It's an ongoing, everyday affair for him. He will never stop working on his recovery because when he stops, that's when everything just... And we, we lived that the first time. It was like, ah, oh, I kind of got this. I don't really need to go to meetings. You know, I, I'm good. And I can only say that from his from him because that's his story. Some people are fine, but for him, he knows that he has to work recovery every single day. Um, our friends that know our story, you know, there's a lot of people in here that know me and have heard of me and, you know, just from from just living in Vestavia but don't really know the, the story. Um, what God did in our marriage, I, I just, I walked down the aisle and I just adored him. And there were times when I did not adore him. I loved him, but I did not like him for a long time. And there's a picture of us where I I was looking at him on our wedding day, and I would just say, God, just please give me those eyes again to see him like I saw him that day. Because what I saw, I was just overcome with fear, resentment. You know, I felt like I was getting sucker punched all the time. I'm leading a small group. Ding dong. It's a sheriff. I'm getting served papers while I'm leading a small group. I'm like, can you come? I'm like, we're watching Barney or something. You know, and it was, you know, and he was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And I'm like, really? I got a Bible study up here. Can you wait a minute? But it was, you know, that kind of thing. And, and the, that, the financial part just was a was another piece of it. You know, people go through just financial things and we had addiction plus financial and you know, we we it's just so fun. Like even last night he said, you know, he leads a small group in a recovery um sober living facility on Thursday nights. And, you know, he he brings pizza for everybody and he goes, Do you remember when we couldn't even do this? 
And he's like, now I'm able to pay for pizzas every week. And so it's just so exciting and it's so neat to see how God took such a terrible situation and just brought us out of it. And it was because, you know, I had family and friends say, yeah, you know, you might want to get a divorce or, you know, it may be time to leave. And I grew up in a house of divorce. My parents were divorced and it was not an option for me. It wasn't for me. It may be for some, but it wasn't for me. I remember thinking, nobody's going to put my kids to bed but me. No other woman is going to put kids to bed but me. I did not want to wake up on Christmas morning and go drive to Brian's house to see my kids for Christmas. I did not want to do that. So all I did was it it's it was all God. I'm sitting here today not to impress, but I want to bless. I want you to understand that that me as a person could not have done any of this. It was all God. And he gave me the strength. I had such a great group of friends, our family just walked through it with us and you know my dad and mom and um, were just such an integral part. You know, my dad would come to town, and the day that he went to treatment the second time, he um, I, 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 he left on a Saturday, and I just was like, oh, my God, i got to call my dad and mom. You know, just, uh, it's just that disappointment again. They're just going to be so upset. And I called my dad. I was at work, and um, I was in my office, and I called him, and, and I was like, Dad, you know, Brian had to go to treatment again. And um, he goes, I'll be there in two hours. I mean, just... You know, and he said, um, I was just so devastated just that we were back here again. And I knew what we had to to overcome. But but God said, let me carry that burden for you. You don't have to carry it yourself. And so I knew that what was ahead. And I just thought, I just don't know if I can fight. I just don't know. And my dad came to town and he um, he said, you know, I will handle things for a couple days. You know, you just figure it out. And like Jesus rose from the dead in three days, you got three days. And so I just wallowed around and cried and, oh, my God, you know, and I'm in my bedroom. And, you know, he's like packing lunches and picking up people. And by the third day, I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, And that's all God. That wasn't Rachel Stalker. That was God. And so, um, you know, we just, you know, our family support was huge. But really, you know, when God told me to, to say yes to this, my hope is really to encourage women and to give people a resource. If, if you or your spouse or anybody is going through addiction, you know, that's not something that we really talk about at the baseball fields. It's not something that is easy for people to talk about. But, you know, sharing my story, you know, when I said yes, I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of unofficial that Brian and I kind of help people, but now it's going to be like 1-800-and-call-help. <laughs> you know, it's like out there now. And I, and I want it to be because if, if I had somebody to walk through this with me, then, you know, it just, it's so comforting, comforting to say, you know, me too, that happened to me. And I was psycho too. I was crazy. Brian just wasn't the sick one. I was crazy. I mean, I was looking at phone records. I was like CSI Miami. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know? And I mean, I was a nutcase and, you know, because our family was so out of control, I didn't even know which way was up. I mean, I just was like, you know, and it's funny because I have a great memory and people that have known me a long time are like, how do you remember that? There are 
things that I don't remember, there are specific situations that I do. I mean, I remember what I wore from like fifth grade to ninth grade, like the first day of school. But there are these, there, these, that time, I just, it was like I was a walking zombie and I just knew that I couldn't handle that all on my own. So, you know, I, I wanted to talk today to, first of all, give women hope that no matter what you face, it doesn't have to be addiction, is that God is faithful and he will, His what his word says is true. It's not just stories. It's what it says is true. And, you know, growing up, I thought, oh, those are neat stories about other people, but I just didn't think that would be me. But he loves me enough to give me that lens to see that he is faithful. He will meet all of our needs. You can get through anything with him. And so I just hope to encourage women in that area. But also, you know, if you or somebody is struggling with that, you know, Brian and I spend a lot of time with wives and, you know, he's right now meeting with somebody at our house. And, you know, I I saw him go from such a, you know, kind of a meek, insecure, just kind of walking in shame, just kind of quiet. And he is now a bold man of God. He is confident. He is selfless. He was, he is just, it's amazing to see the transformation. And I think a transformation, you know, what Romans 12, two says is that, um, be transformed, you know, do not conform to the ways of the world. And when you are transformed, a butterfly goes from a caterpillar to a butterfly and it can't go back. Mm -hmm. And so a true transformation is that when you go from one place to another, and it's not of you, it's what God took you through. So, you know, we've, we've been transformed. We are not the same. Do we have work to do? Absolutely. You know, do we still struggle with some things? Absolutely. But we have tools and we have support and we have small groups. And I have a, a handful of women that I can go to and say, I'm a mess. I need help. I need you to pray for me. My marriage is, is terrible today. But, but God... And so um, I hope that encourages you. And any, any help that we can do to help people walk through that, we, we are committed to that. Um, we just hope that, you know, that's something that we can break the spirit of divorce and addiction. Not we, God, but he can use us in this community. And so um, whatever we can do, we will do. And um, I'm just thankful that I see so many friends that are here and I've gotten text messages, just such a supportive group. And um, I'm just thankful that um, I had the opportunity to share. Can you share about your kids real fast? Um, Okay, actually, okay, so when I was talking to Robin, um, Morgan was 16. She was in high school when Brian went to treatment the second time. The first time it was, you know, she was younger. The second time she was in high school. And so she, you know, she held my hand and I held her hand. And, you know, we would sit and I would cry in church and she would just, you know, it, it was really hard on her, um, but the, the younger ones did not know. And actually, we did kind of talk to them over the week because, you know, I just felt like we could give it another step up of, you know, when Brian had shared, he'd had some struggles with surgery and um, couldn't t- stop taking medicine. And so that's kind of what they know, but just wanted to, you know, throw that out there, you know, just to kind of protect them in some, you know, arena that um, they don't have to know all the down and dirty, but they will when they get older, for sure. (laughs) 
So, well, does anybody have any questions or anything they want to ask? Rachel said she's an open book. Totally. <laughs> she's totally up for questions. I do. Hey. Hey, the um, anger and resentment and all yes. that you had for your husband, yeah. how did you work through that? Um, it took a while. Um, it helped when I saw him making steps um, to help me. He helped a lot, too. Uh, it's something that I prayed for, but I also had to work on myself, too. It wasn't just about him. I had to work on myself, too. Um, and, you know, I, of course, when there comes addiction, there comes betrayal. Um you know, bring that into anger and resentment. And, you know, I didn't trust him because he would say one thing and another thing would happen. That's what, that's what they do. They're, they're going to protect their addiction with everything they have. And so for me to ever find out something, he guarded that with his life. So I would say, okay, I'm going to put fine fans on your phone and I'm going to know where you are at all times. And he was like, oh, no, you're not that stupid. You don't trust me. And I was like, you are right. I do not. Um, but when he came home, he would give me a receipt at the gas station for $1.64, and it was a Powerade. He was, he was helping bridge that anger and resentment. And when I saw God change in him, God would change in me. And so that, that started to just kind of fall off. Now, I still get angry with him. But that anger about that, you know, has, has healed. But thank you. Good question. Do you guys go to therapy at all or... Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, what's funny is, is that, you know, I said that I was very um, green about addiction in the beginning. And so I remember the first, like, session we went to, we sat around in a circle and it was like, hi, my name's Brian. And I was like, you know, it's just like you see on When a Man Loves a Woman. It's like that, you know, and I was like, what am I doing here? This is crazy. I didn't ask for this. You know, I'm just, uh. And so we had to say my high for the day is blank and my low for the day is blank. And I'm like, really? So everybody's going around and, um, you know, they got to me and I was like, hey, I'm Rachel. Holly, all a bunch of freaks. But um, <laughs> um, my high for today is my husband's back and I can finally get some sleep. And I was just so like, you know, and, and my low for today was that I threw a laundry basket at him when he came home, you know, and it, we just had to like work. But I did. I was like, you've been gone for two weeks. Do the laundry, you know, and it's just that is not what you do the first time somebody gets home from treatment. Um, I did it all wrong. I did it all wrong um there's not a playbook for this but yes we spent a lot of time um to this day we will be with friends socially and he will leave at eight o'clock and go to a meeting I mean it is it is what he does um I went to Al-Anon for a while and it really helped me kind of get through that beginning stages of you know going okay I'm not alone I'm not crazy it just helped to have that um but then I just kind of, that kind of, you know, I kind of was like, I'm good. If I ever feel like I need to go, I do go. Um, but, you know, I went through a lot of counseling while he was in treatment. And so that, that I love to talk. I love to talk about stuff. He's not so much, but you know, I would go to counseling every week if, if I could. So it just helps. It just, you know, just communication is huge. So he's definitely a better communicator now. So... 
you said you tried to carry everything on your shoulders. Like, yes. So at what point, at what point did you decide to like let your parents in on it, his parents and some friends, mm-hmm. what triggered? When I just, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I remember going to sleep. He left in September to go to Indianapolis and I knew I knew something. God just put it like I couldn't breathe that week. I don't think I ate a morsel of food. I think I was in my jeans in fifth grade. Like I was just like, (laughs) seriously, like I was just so I couldn't breathe. And I just was like, I've got to, I got to get back up, you know, and, and trying to mask that and hide that from them. I wanted to protect him um, because we'd already done this before, but you know, I just, I knew God growing up. But I did not experience God until this happened. I, I, I felt him. I heard him. I heard him say, you need to get some help for him this week. You need to go meet with a group of men in recovery, and you need to sit him down on Saturday, and his butt needs to go to treatment, or he's going to die. That's kind of where I was, and that's when I was just like, okay, you know, I need help. I need to call him back up. And so that's... Um, I just couldn't carry anymore, and I really didn't have to. But as women, I feel like as moms, and we feel like we have to carry everything for our kids. And just the fact that that we don't, and we don't have to carry that. And God God carries that for us. You know, I have, tend to struggle with control, and, you know, I want to be the boss of everything. And, you know, I'm a teacher, so I get paid to boss people. My spiritual gift is administration. So I'm like, see? God created me to boss people. Um, but, you know, I just, I learned so much through that that I don't have to do that, that he wants to carry that for me. That's what the, that's what he did at the cross. He took all of that. So, I mean, it took me a while to figure that out, but I, I have seen that. So I've experienced that just with his grace. You talk about you prayed that he would give you the eyes to see him like mm-hmm. on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. So will you talk about how God has given you those eyes? Yes. Um... I remember Brian would come down the stairs when we first got married and I would literally do like a herky and a toe touch and was like, here's your coffee. I love you so much. And he was just not used to that. I mean, he was just like, this is awesome. (laughs) And so I just had this. And so when that happened, I was like, what? Who are you? And so I just... um, my mom actually was the one that she said, you see that picture right there? And I'm just looking at him and he's just looking at me and, you know, we're just like, and I just would say, God, I need you to restore those eyes to see him like I did that day because I right now, I want to whip his butt in, in 27 different places. I mean, you know, and that's the only, you know, I prayed for it. You know, people that knew me, I pr- I'd ask them, you know, what can I pray for? Pray that I see him like I used to. And just watching him now, watching how he he leads men and how he just, he, he, he just, he loves to help people. He loves it. I see the fulfillment in him. And he's a different person. He is not the same person. We were thugs when I got, we both got married. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking like, we were just like such thugs. And so, I mean, I still got a little bit in me, but, um, <laughs> but you know, he's not the same person. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad he's not the same. I'm so glad I'm not the same. I'm forever changed. And so that's something that I prayed for. And just God gave me not the same eyes, but better eyes, just different, just different. I see him just so different. And so 
He's awesome. So how was it having to change your life as a, as a child of addiction? Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. come from the opposite side. Mm-hmm. But how did your life change because your husband's life had to change? Great question. And that that is a huge change. Those of you that know me for a long time, you know I like to have fun. I was in the front row of the band party. I mean, I just, you know, love to rip and roar. And that kind of has had to take a back seat. And there are times when on a Friday night, Brian's in a meeting and I'm sitting in my bed going, oh, I feel grounded. I used to do stuff so fun. I wouldn't take that life back in a minute. To be where we are now. You couldn't put me at the front row of the K house again, ever again. <laughs> I would stand where I am on a Friday night to be where we are now, but it has changed. You know, we had, we had friends, our friends groups changed, you know, because it was, you know, just some things that had happened. And, you know, we had, you know, and what God did is he brought so many great friends in our lives and just tenfold. I mean, you know, the years that that the enemy took away, he brought back tenfold. The the emotions that we felt, I just don't even remember that. And so it has changed. And there was a time where I was not okay with that change because I wanted to be, and I wanted to be out and I wanted to be doing all the fun things that everybody's posting on, you know, Instagram and the vacations, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. And, you know, we were talking about it last night, um, because of the financial destitute and devastation of his addiction, you know, we were not going on trips and, you know, we didn't do anything. And so that time during our life, we were with our kids all the time. And I was like, you know, aren't you glad that that, you know, had we had all this money, that might have not been the case, but, you know, it just gave us a time as a family to heal and to grow closer together and just really walk through the fire. I walked through the fire with him. Um, because it's easy to say when you stand up there in your wedding dress and you're skinnier than you've ever been, you're tanner than you've ever been, your dress is gorgeous. It's easy to say for rich or for poor in sickness and in health until death do us part. What do you do when you're in that rich or for poor? What do you do when you're in that sickness and in health? What do you do when it's not easy? You just fight and you just ask God, God, what your word says is true. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to surrender. You got to carry us through. And so that's, you know, that's, he just completely transformed so much about what, what matters to us now. It matters more to us to Brian gets a call on a Friday night of a husband who's just, you know, in a terrible place. And I say, go, go go because it keeps him remembering where he was every time he goes on a 12-step call I say go go do it because it, it reminds him of where he was and it reminds him of how good our God is that he brought him in the from the pits of hell to where he is now I say go on those calls and I support it so um that's because I've I've seen what can happen, and it, it, it scares me, so I say go. Go do that, you know. So I hope that answered your question. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is there a fear of um, him replacing one addiction with another? 
Um, they talk about that a lot in um, kind of cross addiction. You know, I am not going to do this, but I'm going to get obsessed with this. And, you know, I think that when you're working your program and you're going to meetings every day and, you know, I'm, I'm saying this on his behalf, just that's been working for him. Um, you're reminded of those of those things. And I think it kind of safeguards you. You know that that is a tendency. I was just curious. You were yeah, about your social life has changed. Yeah, like if that created a difference in your yeah what you do socially. I mean, we don't go out and drink with people. You know, we like we you know we'd have supper club and you know we would you know and you know I have a glass of wine every now and then and you know I enjoy that and you know I asked Brian if that's okay if that's gonna you know make him and and he's he's strong enough to say that's that's your this is my, this is my path. You know, I don't, you know, throw down two bottles of wine and I'm like, go have fun at your meeting. You know, (laughs) that's not, that's not at all. But, um, you know, um, you know, people will say, well, he was addicted to pain medicine. Can he drink? Absolutely not. You know, that's where you guard yourself. Nothing you can take that inhibits, you know, your mind. Um, that's not an option. So, to piggyback off that, mm-hmm. um, I know several people in recovery, and I'm sure the answer to this, you know, depends on where people are and who they are. But as far as, um, I guess, either A, extending an invitation to somebody, you mm-hmm. know, if you know you're going to be drinking or whatever, yeah. or, um, or you know, once you're there, out of respect, you know, yeah. some guidelines as friends that... You know, I mean... If Brian doesn't feel comfortable in a situation, then he's not going to participate, you know. And so um, we go to several dinners and, you know, people are having glasses of wine and, you know, he's in a place now where it doesn't really face him. Um, You know, we didn't go to Auburn for a long time for football games because I didn't want to put him in a place where he would struggle. Um, And I let him kind of lead the way, you know. If this is something you're not comfortable doing, we don't have to go, you know. And so it's kind of his call, and he knows he knows whether or not um, if he should do something or not do something. Um, and, you know, I worried so much about him when he was in active addiction. I was literally, I was crazy. Seriously, I was crazy. Um, and people say, you know, do you worry now? There is a room full. He has a phone book full of people that he's checking in with every day. They're checking in with him. They actually probably know, they would actually know before I did if, if he started to slip. And talk about pressure being released. I don't have to worry about that because I worried. I remember teaching school and I would call and I would call, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, it was, it, I was crazy. I was so sick and consumed with either preventing him or helping him or just, and you know, when, when he, um, and the last time he went, you know, they were like, it was just kind of like the show. It was like, are you ready to take this next step? And um, he was like, yes. And so it was like, yay, he's going, you know. And he was like, can I watch the Auburn game? I was like, you better go pack your stuff right now. <laughs> and so literally like a car came in, you know, like within an hour and, and took him straight to Bradford. And I was so relieved. 
I was just like, I didn't even cry. I was like, oh my God, I don't have to worry. He's not going to die. I don't have to worry about him. He is right where he needs to be. I can sleep. I think I slept. I called my mom and I was like, I need to sleep for two days. I need you to come over. Um, and I literally just had so much peace because I lived as a wife. You, you, you're trying to be proactive and trying to make sure that they don't take a pill or drink a drink. You're ex- it, it was exhausting for me to just always try to keep him from doing it. And, and I couldn't do that. I couldn't control it. I couldn't cure it. And I could, there's one more control cure. I can't remember, but it was, it was, it's not a moral failing. It wasn't, it wasn't a moral failing. He was just in such a terrible place. He had just downward spiraled all the way down and he just needed somebody to pick him up and just throw him to guess recovery treatment. But that's what I did. I was like, get out. I love you so much. Get out. Um, so any other questions? Yeah. How long has he been playing? Four years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Four years. So it's a, it's something that I do not take for granted. You know, there was a day when I was coming home and I was clicking my garage door opener and it didn't open. Well, the power was off. Power got cut off. So now every, every day, every day I hit that and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. It's all God. It's all God. And it's little things that remind me of that. It's things that... He's able to buy pizzas for his small group. I'm able to click and I have power. I take nothing for granted. You know, a new dress, a new, you know, things like that that I used to just really blow off. I'm, I, I have such a, I'm so grateful for, there's no reason that we're in our house, that we're driving our cars, that we're still married, except for God. No reason. If I did not know him, we would have not made it. And if he did not know him, it, you know, there are some situations where the spouse chooses not to get help. So that's a different story. That's not my story. But there are times when, you know, they don't choose to get help. And then there's there's alternative, you know, paths that people have to go down. But, you know, he made the choice. And, I mean, while he was in treatment, I had some friends and family say, you know, it's probably a good thing if you just kind of maybe think about getting an attorney. And I said, no, he's getting help. When you when you leave is when they're not getting help. He was committed to getting help. And so that's kind of when, you know, we just locked arms together and just held our breath and said, God, do your thing. So any other questions? And if you feel that you need to um, ask something kind of personally or private, my goal for being here today is is one of the goals is for, you know, if you or if you are struggling or your husband or something, we want to be we want to be that resource for you to just maybe point you or or help you kind of get in the right direction. Because like I said, this is not something you talk about at the soccer field and at PTA luncheons. It's kind of gross and dirty. But you know, if we don't talk about it, we can't we can't fight it. So yeah. Yes. So um, this verse was um, something that I had on my mirror and it was come to me all who are weary. Boy, was I weary and burden. Boy, was I burden. I carried it and um, I just wouldn't let it go. And God says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
Boy, did we learn. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's when I would read that, and I just thought, you know, that just doesn't, it was just words. But when I'm looking in my mirror going, I got to get everybody up for school, and I got to do all this myself, God says... Let me take that from you. And he did. And he put people there for me that would help me. And so um, I hope that when you see this card, you think of that as women. I think we try to take on everything, and we just really don't have to. So I hope this is a good reminder of that. And I'm just going to close us all in prayer. Generally, Father God, thank you so much for this precious, precious story. God, um, you are writing the story of every life and every woman in this room. And Lord, um, there's nothing too difficult or too messy that you can't get in and restore. And God, I just thank you so much for these words of hope. May they go with us today as we leave this place in your holy and precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to download your free scripture card. It's on our website at storytellerslive.org. Thanks for listening this week, and we hope you'll join us again soon.